Uh, they unlocked on goals, more games are postponed, and Captain Carrick scores with Andy Zilch on the call. Wait, 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 hold, hold on, hold on, time out, time out, time out, hold on a second. What's going on here? I mean, this is locked on goals, right? So why are we talking about the Ducks? Oh, right, because there is no goals hockey. So that's going to be today's show on Locked on Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. How's it going, everyone? It is Goals Thursday, sort of. I'm your host, Jason J.D. Hernandez, allegedly covering hockey for over a decade. Hooray! Don't forget to make this your first listen of the day if you haven't already. If you have, thank you oh so very much. And this show is brought to you by Primal Origin Oils. All right, let's get right into it. So the goals haven't had any games in a while. We're going to talk about that right now. Later on, we're going to have Michael Liu coming on, who covers the Canucks, both of the Abbotsford and Vancouver flavors. So let's talk about these postponed games that happened. The last time the goals played a game was Saturday, December 18th, That was a bad loss against the San Jose Barracuda. But hey, at least there were teddy bears on the ice, right? Right? (sighs) Yeah, they haven't played since then. The 22nd game was postponed due to COVID. The game this Monday was postponed due to COVID. That was supposed to be against the rain. The game yesterday was also postponed due to COVID. Tomorrow's game, the New Year's Eve game, the I-8 matchup. That's also been postponed, as well as the game on Sunday, January 2nd. But hey, at least we have hockey on Wednesday, January 5th. So the next time we meet for Goals Thursday, hey, at least we'll have some Goals hockey to talk about, right? Right? I hope so. So that's the news going on right now. So far, the Goals have five postponed games to make up. And as we're recording right now, as I'm just finding out... The AHL is currently on a call right now to discuss what may or may not happen towards the end of the season. Now, to be frank, there's been a lot of postponed games across both the National Hockey League and the American Hockey League. The advantage the NHL has, they have that artificial three-week break for the Olympics. Oh, wait, wait a tick. They're not going to the Olympics anymore. Oh, darn. So what are they going to do during the Olympic break? They're going to make up a slew of games. Yeah, that's exactly what's going to happen. But it could be done, right? I mean, some people say, no, it can't be done. Well, you know what? I'm going to prove you all wrong. It can definitely be done. Just check your Twitters tonight or tomorrow morning. Just check your Twitters. It can absolutely be done. 100% guaranteed. But as far as the American Hockey League is concerned... Can those be made up possibly? Well, maybe. According to Patrick Williams, whose Twitter, if you don't follow Patrick Williams, great, great writer. It's P. Williams, A-H-L. Patrick Williams is usually on top of this stuff. There's an initial report that maybe the end of the season will be extended. Yes, you heard that right. We might have some extension of the AHL season. So in fact, it will not end possibly on that third weekend of April. But it is entirely possible that the AHL season could extend possibly to the end of April. So maybe it could be April 30th would be the final games for the American Hockey League. It could go past that. It could go into May for all we know. This is on top of the fact that we have that new round 
and the new extended playoffs instead of 16 teams, we have 24 teams making the American Hockey League playoffs. So that's on top of having more playoffs. We might not see the Calder Cup awarded until maybe the first week of July. Can you imagine that? Having the Calder Cup awarded for 4th of July, there'd be something kind of hilarious about that. But at the same time, hockey in July? What is that? What is this? Pandemic NHL again? <laughs> uh, yeah, that's really where we're at right now is no AHL hockey. We could have the regular season go into May. But look, it is what it is. This is the world of hockey in the panorama. We got May hockey, June hockey. We've had that before. But having late June, early July hockey, that's a huge possibility at this point. And seeing all the games that are already postponed, we're close to about 70-something games so far postponed in the American Hockey League. That sounds like a staggering number. And given the nature of when these games usually take place, which is during the weekends, then it's difficult to make up all these games on Mondays, Tuesdays, Wednesdays, because some of the buildings, I'm looking at Ontario, California, Toyota Arena, they have the Agua Caliente Clippers and the Ontario Fury. I'm looking at Pachanga Arena. They have the San Diego Seals for lacrosse. And oh yeah, a team called the San Diego Soccers, also for soccer, playing their final season at Pachanga Arena, by the way. Just a little little tidbit here for those of you that follow soccer as well. This is the last season that the San Diego Soccers are playing at the historic Red Old Pachanga Arena in San Diego. They'll be opening their new facilities next season. So that really has not much to do with the goals except for they will have more arena availability. That's about it. And it'd be useful for this season, but nonetheless, that's where we're at. All right, we are going to take a very quick pause right now. Uh, just a reminder that later on, I'll be joined by Michael Liu, who covers the Canucks, and we'll talk to him a little bit about what the heck happened last night in Anaheim. But first, let's talk about Primal Origin Oils. Got beard like me? You got to get Primal. You heard me right. If you or someone you care about has a beard like me, maybe it needs to get Primal. Maybe you're that guy who has never considered the benefits of treating your beard with product. I'll admit, I never have. Primal Origin Oils will stop the itch and make your beard look healthy and groomed. Hmm, maybe that's the trick. The products are free from harmful synthetic ingredients and with low impact on our planet. Primal Origin Oils makes balms, oils, and whipped butter that are renowned as the best feel in beard products available. All products are fair trade certified and handcrafted in the good old U.S. of A. The combo kits make a great gift, and if you're shopping for yourself, you'll be glad you did. We know that every company claims to have the best, but Primal Origin Oils challenges you to compare their ingredients and the feel in beard to the other products you've used. And looking at my facial hair right now, I could probably use a little bit. I'm just saying. So we promise you will see and feel the difference. Remember the code locked on gets you 20% off at primaloriginoils.com. Use the code locked on at checkout for 20% off. Once again, that is Primal Origin Oils. Got beard, get primal. Well, 
Welcome back to the best podcast your car will ever need, Locked On Goals, which is under the umbrella of Locked On Anaheim Ducks, which is part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Jason J.D. Hernandez, and this is Goals Thursday. Well, sort of Goals Thursday, even though there's been no goals hockey, we still have a little bit to talk about, don't we? In fact, we have a former goal to talk about, and that is, of course, Mason McTavish. Mason McTavish, who did well on the World Juniors before it closed down. If you want to hear more about that, tune into yesterday's podcast where I talk all about that. But back to Mason McTavish. Look, he was having a great World Juniors. He had three goals in two games. He only scored two goals against Team Austria. I kind of half-jokingly said, I expect Mason McTavish to get at least a hat trick against Austria. He failed me. He didn't get the hat trick. He only got two goals. Oh my goodness. Mason McTavish still with a solid tournament. Well, a shortened tournament. Three goals in two games. Still one of the more dominant players out there for Team Canada. I think they were on their way to gold. We will never know. Mason McTavish is expected to go back to the juniors, but not before finishing serving his suspension. Yeah, who remembers that? This was a few weeks back. You remember that Mason McTavish got suspended by the league for a pretty bad boarding call. He still has to serve the rest of his suspension. So he will, in fact, not be back in Peterborough this weekend. It'll take the following weekend before... Mason McTavish returns to play in Peterborough. So we're not going to have any McTavish content for the next week either because of that boarding call. Ah, darn. What about Olin Zellweger? He should be back pretty soon with Everett. So we'll see him again. Sasha Pasuyov, we'll also see him back. Yeah, all these guys are going to come back to their junior teams and they're going to be fine. They're going to be just fine. So next week, I'll talk a little bit more about juniors. This is the last goals podcast of the year. This is December 30th. Tomorrow is December 31st. That means we have our year in review tomorrow for the Ducks, but maybe I'll spend just a couple minutes talking about the year in review for the San Diego goals. And it begins and ends with the COVID shortened season of 2021. It was a four month season, but it was still a success for the goals. They made the playoffs they had some exciting moments. They had Trevor Zegris. You had Jamie Drysdale, both on the San Diego goals, both showing their stuff. Yeah, the year interview starts with Trevor Zegris, who was the first player of the week all the way back in January of 2021. Trevor Zegris was the initial player of the week that season. He had four goals in two games. He was dominant. He continued that dominance until his initial call-up to the Anaheim Ducks, and then all that drama happened. So then you had Jamie Drysdale. He rose to the challenge, and he had a player of the week-worthy performance for the San Diego goals, and then Jamie Drysdale got called up. So what the heck happened with the goals? Well, they had Captain Carrick. They had a guy by the name of Vinny Letary, who I thought was very good. They had Chase DeLeo. They had some guy who I think he's doing well with the Chicago Wolves. You might remember him. Some guy by the name of Andrew Podorowski. Yeah, goals fans miss Potts terribly. But it was still a fun season last year, right? And then we got to the playoffs and everything kind of imploded in Bakersfield. But that's the first four months of the season. 
also highlighted in that season was the amazing toe stick goal by Trevor Zegras against the Ontario Reign at El Segundo, a big highlight from last season. So that's among some of the fun that we had last season. This season, it's been all about getting back to normal, getting back to games in San Diego, having some of the fun theme nights we've been having, and it finished with a teddy bear toss. That's pretty much the year in review. You had Captain Carrick. He graduated to the Anaheim Ducks and making the most of his time. So now you have the rise of Greg Patteron as the goals captain. That's that's It's been a year. It's been a year, folks. It also had the ascension of Joel Bouchard becoming the head coach of the San Diego Goals, essentially in an audition role to possibly be the next coach of the Anaheim Ducks. But the way the Ducks are playing right now, who knows? Who knows what's going to happen after that? All right. That's pretty much my shortened year in review for the San Diego Goals. It's been a wild season. And getting to see some of the fans out there, getting to see the fans back at the arena, back in San Diego, back in Ontario, seeing the fans in Bakersfield, y'all are awesome. And I know there's a lot of you that listen from San Diego that are pretty regular listeners of this podcast. I want to thank you all so very much. And I want to briefly mention this before I bring Mike on. Last night's Ducks game, it was kind of all about San Diego because we had Andy Zilch make his Ducks debut as the play-by-play announcer on TV. It was a treat hearing Andy Zilch on the call. And this is the part where I'm going to be a little bit more critical here, but I'm just going to come out and say it. I prefer Andy, big time. I prefer Andy Zilch way, way over the current broadcast team of Anaheim. Sorry to John Allers. With all due respect, John Allers is the current play-by-play. He does an okay job. I prefer Andy Zilch (laughs) a million percent. I had more fun listening to Andy and Brian last night than I had listening to a Ducks game almost all season, with the exception of Steve Carroll and Dan Wood on the radio. But as far as TV is concerned... I love that duo. I hope we see more of Andy Zilch and Brian Hayward on the call personally. Bring him back for more games. That's what I say. And because Andy Zilch has that San Diego connection, we at least got two mentions of Thatcher Demko, San Diego native. And how fitting was it for Andy Zilch to have a goal call for Captain Carrick? Sam Carrick scoring the only goal for the Anaheim Ducks in last night's game. Just just saying. All right, we're going to head into the second intermission, and I will bring on Mike Liu on the podcast. But first, let's talk about betonline.ag, which is the one place that has you covered and the one place that we trust. And the holiday season is here. The NFL is coming to a close. Of course, you have basketball, you have the NHL, you have boxing, UFC, and all your favorite Vegas casino games right there at betonline.ag. It's your number one spot for all the sports action this season. Head to betonline.ag right now and sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code LOCKEDON to receive your bonus and take advantage of all the amazing offers available this season. Once again, that is betonline.ag where the game starts. It's the exclusive online sportsbook of the Locked On Podcast Network, and please, please gamble responsibly. 
Welcome back to Locked On Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. And I am joined by a writer for Field Pass Hockey covering the Abbotsford Canucks. He's a lifelong Canucks fan, Michael Liu. How's it going, Mike? Uh, doing all right. How are you, Jason? I'm doing well. So if you'll allow me to peel back the curtain just a little bit. So you and I actually didn't meet because of <laughs> hockey writing or because we cover our respective teams. Yeah, we met because of jersey collecting. <laughs> I think you have a Mighty Ducks jersey because of me, right? I I do. It's one of my favorite jerseys, and I'm looking into getting a Solani on the back. Nice. So just to give a little <laughs> bit of brevity to this, how many jerseys do you have? Oh, I'd say around like <laughs> I'd say around ten or eleven at this point. Uh, that's pretty good that's a good start i will not tell you how many i have but i'm but i'm going for all 32 teams at some point (laughs) and not to mention the many many other ones yeah all right so god we we got a game to talk about that happened last night i don't i still don't know what to make of last night's ducks game i mean they got a the ducks got a point vancouver got two points out of this do you want to explain how that happened? Because <laughs> I'm going to figure that out too. Hey, well, we'll take the two points. I mean, honestly, um, the fan, the fan part of me wants to say it's because it's the uh, Bruce Boudreaux effect. Really, I mean, seven and zero. Uh, it's one of the best starts under a new head coach. I think he's tied for first currently with seven consecutive right. wins. Uh, but no, it. Looking at the game, breaking it down a little. Um, it was one of those games where it, 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 it we had the we had the game between San Jose and Arizona that was seven seven went to overtime it was crazy. Right. Uh, this was the, this was the opposite. It felt really lacking in substance. Uh, the first period, obviously, Anaheim got on the board first, but both teams just looked a bit out of it. If that makes sense. Well, considering both teams hadn't played in about a dozen days. You could tell there was the rust there, although it didn't affect other teams recently. But it seemed to affect the Canucks and the Ducks, especially that yeah, second for, period. Oh, the second period was it, it? It was a lot of disjointed plays. Like you could see, even the refs. There was the one, the one moment where Quinn Hughes stepped on the puck, and they almost called it a trip. But at least they had that moment of discussion. But um, there were a lot of turnovers. I mean. One turnover that stands out was Alex Chase on getting the puck right in front of the right in front of Gibson and then passing it up. So, yep. um, <laughs> it was stuff like that that made you really think, "Wow, these guys really didn't play hockey for twelve days," and it showed. It did. Um, you mentioned John Gibson. I got to talk about him for a brief moment. John Gibson <laughs> got the point for the Ducks last night. If it wasn't for him, Vancouver would have won. Four to one, I think. Absolutely. Like, especially in the third period where the Canucks were really ramping it up. Uh, I, there was a stat that they showed on Sportsnet where Gibson just, he owns Vancouver for whatever reason. He's 12-2-1, I believe is what they said. That's disgusting. Uh, something, it's crazy. And his save percentage, I think, was uh, 0.971 with three shutouts against Vancouver specifically. Oh, my gosh. So, like... Uh, when he was shutting the door, it was like, oh, great. Here we go again. Uh, and, then, <laughs> and then you have to also consider the thing is, of all players to score 
Tanner Pearson was one of the most snake-bitten players all throughout the season, and he ties it up. It. <laughs> Let's talk about Tanner really Pearson crazy. for a hot second, because you mentioned he's been snake-bitten all season. Uh, what's been going on with Tanner Pearson all season in that he's been snake-bitten? It's, you can see the effort, but, uh, and again, it's such a cop-out to say that you can see the effort. Um, when, when you look at Tanner Pearson, you see a, a guy who's solid defensively, works hard offensively to recover the puck, but for whatever reason, his shooting percentage is just way down. He's bobbling, he's bobbling chances, um, tapping pucks that should be going in right into pads. It's just stuff like that that makes you really go like go like wow, this game really is a matter of inches, and he just wasn't feeling it. Obviously, managing to get that one goal, maybe something, maybe something in his confidence can really rejig itself. <laughs> that might explain the over enthusiastic celebration he had last night. Oh, absolutely! It's like getting a... the monkey off his back. Well, hopefully it is because he's definitely relied upon. Uh, he's relied upon in that top nine role, especially with how Boudreaux's been playing him. He's been uh, moving up and down between uh, the second and third line. Yeah, and and judging by oh, by the way, I did see the updated stat. So John Gibson in sixteen games is twelve two and two against Vancouver. <laughs> The save percentage went down to 941. Oh my God. 174. He is unreal. Best of any other team he's faced on both of those counts. (laughs) He actually hates Vancouver. There's no other explanation. Maybe John Gibson, you know what? Maybe John Gibson still has some hate for Vancouver in 2010 for the Olympics. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, didn't he make his no? He made his NHL debut in 2014, and yes. affi- no, 2014. Yeah, and he officially eliminated Vancouver from playoff contention. I remember yes, this. He did. Yes, he did. It is. <laughs> it was I a don't Tortorella know era. Well, a lot of people hate Tortorella for whatever reason. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> I mean, Sonny Milano wasn't particularly fond of torts, and look oh. how well he's doing in Anaheim now. Yeah, I mean. Uh, just on Anaheim's end, like Sonny Milano was just making. He looked like the Sonny Milano that entered the league with Columbus last night. That's what I. Uh, that's what I felt. Yeah, he's the Sonny Milano that I remember all the way back in the Lake Erie Monsters days. So we're going back about five, six seasons <laughs> from from when I from when I saw him up close. But I, I've always known he's had the good hand-eye coordination, and he did have some good chances last night. It's unfortunate that he didn't have his linemate Trevor Zegris there with him, and the development of Isaac Lundestrom has been a sight to behold as well. But seeing Lundestrom on that line with Sonny Milano just seemed awkward. It was also awkward having the centermen move around a bit because the Ducks did go 11-7 last night. They added Jacob Larson. Yeah, Jacob Larson's back. Oh, what a turnover by Larson to give Pearson that goal. (laughs) Uh, Well, I mean, he had he was forced into more action after Fowler's injury. Um, Obviously, prayers out to him. It just looked like an unfortunate tumble. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of when things change as well. As soon as the Ducks went down to six defensemen again, and it's a good thing they had that seventh defenseman right there. But you know, still got to hope that he's okay for the next Ducks game, which is tomorrow. At Vegas. Oh, gosh. <laughs> uh, but let's talk about that overtime, that brief, brief overtime <laughs> that was over. 
just as quickly as it started. The Ducks had a chance, didn't they? Three on one against Demko. Um, Demko has been excellent for us. (laughs) Did you think it was over? Did you think it was about to be over on the three on one? On the three on one. For a moment, yes. But Demko has pulled out Demko has pulled out pulled us out out of worse situations. I'll say that, like especially at the start of this season when it was just an absolute tire fire, many a times has he bailed us out. And there's no question in my mind that Demko and Gibson would have been the goalies that Team USA would have sent to the Olympics. Yeah. Um, I'll just read out the stats from December I have for Demko. He if he doesn't play tonight, which I don't think he will, he finishes December with a seven and one record. And a point nine uh point nine four seven save percentage. Wait, that's for December? That is for December. Oh man. Uh, as the kids say, that's sick. so that is very I mean, we we couldn't have done it without him. And I mean there's no words. All we can say, thank Mr. Demko. That's really all it is. And <laughs> <laughs> as soon as the puck went the other way, um it looked like for a moment that Gibson should uh, Gibson could have gone for it and really yep. beat Miller to the puck. Yeah, that's what I want to talk about. I mean, John Gibson had a chance to play the puck. It was about 20 feet in front of him. And I thought it was a little bit strange that Gibson kind of pulled back a little bit at that point. But talking about the play before, the play leading up to that, the three-on-one, I'm shocked that the Ducks didn't take a shot there. Yes. <laughs> I mean, the, the, defense saved, the defense saved Demko there. But for the Ducks not to at least make Demko do some kind of work, that seems almost inexcusable, especially on a three-on-one. You've got to get at least some kind of shot off. And then you have JT Miller all alone. Yeah. I mean, the three-on-ones where they pass, 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 I mean, that's something where we were very used to in Vancouver, um, unfortunately. Where uh, more often than not, our forward core has looked to pass, find the perfect pass as opposed to shoot it, shoot pucks on that. Um, it's one of those situations where I also feel that the the layoff did play play into this. Um, possibly they just felt that the pass was the better option, even if getting even you're supposed even if you're supposed to at least put a shot on target on a three on one. And then obviously JT Miller just pounces on loose puck, banks it off the boards to himself. It it's one of those plays where you, you can't fault Gibson for not going out for it, but I feel that Gibson did misjudge how fast the puck was moving and how fast JT Miller was uh, coming off the ice as well. Yeah, and I think he was also cognizant of the fact that he had uh, Tyler Myers right there and Tanner Pearson, who was kind of coming around the corner as well which is a great threesome to have against John Gibson. Pearson had already scored in that game. But I think Gibson may have been cognizant of that as well, which may have been possibly why he didn't play the puck. But it was still kind of a strange play to me that he didn't at the time. For sure. And I mean, if there was one person that was going to score the overtime winner, it was, it is JT Miller. He's up to eighth in league scoring, um, tied with Austin Matthews, I believe, which is kind of crazy considering how bad uh, Vancouver has been. Um, but with, with the resurgence, I mean, he, he's called game many times before. And I mean, this was just one of his classic overtime yeah. winners. Hey, you know what? He's He's got them at 500 now. <laughs> oh, God. 
uh, who would have thought that <laughs> that they'd be at 500 at this point? Honestly, I am very pleasantly surprised that this, the seven-game win streak has resulted in what has. They could be this season St. Louis Blues. You never know. I'm only I'm partially <laughs> kidding. I'm partially kidding, but you never know. It's Part- hockey. Oh, of course. You never you never know with hockey. And yep. I mean, just knock on wood. Hopefully, we we might never lose again. <laughs> well, absolutely. You cannot make that joke too. I have someone else in the other room that made that joke that they may never lose again. <laughs> hey, I mean, anything is possible under. They're going to lose at some I mean, points. Oh, God, they have to. <laughs> they do. Statistically, it is. Statistically, we are more most likely to lose, more than likely to lose. But you know, enjoy the good times while they last. And I mean. It's been a very pleasant change. I mean, Vancouver is shooting the puck, are shooting pucks more. They are playing a more south game. It's a different team than start of the year. And yeah, uh, even if this game didn't necessarily show their best attributes, at least you could see, at least you could see that they were really pushing, uh, pushing the uh, pace whenever they could, as opposed to dump and chase every single time. Right. Um, we need to wrap up here, but tell all the fine folks where they can find you on the socials and where they can find your work. Of course. So uh, I write uh, <laughs> just a moment. Uh, I write for Field Pass Hockey. Um, I, I write about the Adversary Connect. So if you could go, if you go on to www.fieldpasshockey.com, you'll be able to find my work uh, on the Adversary Connects there. Uh, you can interact with me on my uh, my t- my F- uh, FPH Twitter at FPH Canucks, or you can follow my personal. It's at Mike uh, Mike underscore Liu uh, fourteen. And that's uh, basically where I hang out, do a bit of everything on top of covering minor league hockey. Nice, and look forward to talking to you again when the Gulls take on the Abbotsford Canucks <laughs> later on this. <laughs> Absolutely. Season. <laughs> oh, that's a matchup I want to definitely be be covering. Oh, I'm waiting for that matchup big time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's going to be good. And I, the, the, just uh, my thoughts, Gulls are a team, the standings don't do them justice. It, it's just nope. a matter of time before they break out. Yep, I agree. All right. Thank you very much. Thank you once again to Michael Liu for coming on the podcast. It was very fun having him on. Hope to have him on future podcasts and once again thank you to all the fans that have listened all year long especially the san diego folks y'all are awesome all right Uh, don't forget that this podcast is free and available across all platforms including stitcher spotify odyssey apple podcast google podcast podbean among many others also don't forget to email me my email address is locked on anaheimducks at gmail.com my personal twitter is at stimpyjd the show's twitter is at lo underscore ducks once again thank you all so very much for listening tomorrow is our new year's eve podcast our year in review podcast so make sure you are all tuned in for that for Locked On Goals, I'm Jason J.D. Hernandez saying have a great rest of the afternoon. Please continue to be safe out there. Be kind to one another. And ducks and goals fly together. Mm-hmm.